and how are you today? Gosh, it's that time of the day. So welcome to Into the Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Salome Jacob. So nice of you to join me. Yes, it's that time of the day when we walk with the Lord, talk to the Lord and patiently wait upon the Lord. And especially during these tumultuous times we find ourselves in, isn't it? So join me once again for a dollop of soul poetry, soul stories, inspirational words and so much more. For in this garden is an awesome ethereal presence to behold, an omnipotent presence, an omniscient presence that says, hey sassy soul, come on over. So grab a chair, phone a friend or invite him or her to join you. Go into the garden on this somewhat chilly wintry day is simply just for you soulful warm delightful cheerful and not to mention sassy soulful for where the father awaits you so join me salome jacobs in the heart of the garden right here on into the garden for you today on a somewhat chilly wintry day it's just that a heartfelt delightful soul story not at all a surprising one come what may but I hope that you had an awesome day and whatever is happening around you come what may you have into the garden so come on over, sassy soul, make your way to the heart of the Father. For indeed, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I hope that you are expectant. So once again, fail welcome. And mind you, the inscription on the soul story, or at least the image, is as follows. So write your story and give God all the glory. Quindi scrivi la tua storia e dai a Dio tutta la gloria. That is what the inscription means for today's story. Bella, life is beautiful. So write your story and give God all the glory. And miss the soul story. They are much more in store for you. So why not join me if you're in the mood? Phone a friend, invite him or her, the more the merrier. And join me with a refreshing, decadent cup of tea or coffee and some s'mores, yippee. So sassy soul, make haste and join me. Salome Jacobs and into the garden with the father so joyfully up next is the soul story and the title today is bella life is beautiful you know when given the title of the story I smiled, I marveled, I reveled, for Bella is me, Bella is you, 
oh so natural you for bella is related to italian spanish greek portuguese and latin heritage bella is simply beautiful amore and that's why i or you can relate to the story with glee for my late mom was once in her heyday a spanish dancer you see and that's why these countries have a place in my heart oh so deeply gosh where would i be if it wasn't for the lord and who would have thought that there'll come a day i hear and say my late mom's prayers and advice come to life in a big way well i'm sure you're smiling down on me as you steered me in the right direction you say that's the irony and inner knowing that one's path one's life is not orchestrated by you or me but by god his hand that fits so perfectly and oh so diligently for his is well planned as opposed to your or mine in this instance i rest my case when taking that stand for upon life's journey you and i are met with opposition competition friction scrutiny irony and obscurity and much of this is in high demand and forgetting that way his sons and daughters in this life by command for at times i don't know about you but there are times you and i go off the rails and don't say that out aloud or you might just confuse yourself with someone else so don't bear us down for when the shoe fits as they pretty much would say it sits perfectly well with you for in light thereof they're actually pointing a finger directly at you mind you but along your journey be it here or now you most probably come across that epiphany that aha moment that have a break have a kit kat kind of surprise moment it's surreal but with it comes that your steps were altered and guided from on high that on a particular day god would align one's dream to become a reality if you know what i mean to be at the right place at the right time to be introduced to someone at a 60th birthday bash and believe you me that's not by chance you say but synchronized by my heavenly father from on high wouldn't you agree or oh, sigh so yes bella life is indeed beautiful and isn't your father in heaven oh so cool and proud of you for he hears your request see your tears knows what is best and dresses you up from top to bottom at his request he steers you in the right direction and at times exempts you from making a confusion so you don't go off course and needless to say time and time again you often do so what's new of course but upon a day you're excited as can be for ladies and gents you're going to be pampered by the lord himself you say so i'll turn about i am with my girl pal for god laid it upon her heart to spoil moi 
from top to bottom with glee. So not knowing what to expect, God sends her in to lavish may spoil may directly from his hands, you say, for he knows that one day there will be a story for you and me in there to ponder, reflect upon and read. For he loves you and me to the extent to spoil, to shower, to surprise, to joyfully connect to him in that quiet time, that opportune time, that quiet place, that auspicious place. Not only where he is waiting on thee, but resonates with thee. So not only was I spoiled, but God showed up, especially when you know it's him, his hand, and on whom you and I can solely depend. For in a time when things run low, in steps God to show up and show off, so he can generously get the glory, if you know what I mean. For on that special unique day, indeed, this Bella was surprised, come what may, that God would spoil his little Hadassah, just as he did in the book of Esther. So I hope, so sister prayer warrior, that if you can take one thing but away from this, it's that God in his infinite glory still can produce true stories to those who cling wholeheartedly to him and on him. That being a blessing to someone else can stir a person's heart to equal or better that blessing. From their part and appreciate the time, the effort from the start. Wake up, get up, dress up, look up, pray up, be unique up, be anxious for nothing up, but in prayer and supplication let your requests be made but to him only up. Ask up, what can I do differently today up? Believe up. Challenge up, cheer up, for as a man thinketh, so will it accomplish. Then thank God for the many blessings that might seem like nothing to others, but to you, nuggets, and straight from God who says to you and me, Bella, life is actually beautifully and so rare up. And so it is, so shall it be. And this was written by Shasti Caesarea, the 10th of November, 2019. So Bella, you are beautiful.
brothers and sisters <laughs> I want to welcome you back to life Back to the one That can make your next chapter Your best chapter Hallelujah How can it be So 
I have been on medication for 16 years. I'm not going to mess with my treatment plan. I'm going to stay on medication. The other thing is, I am going to go to talk therapy. Talk therapy is a therapist where I am learning and continue to learn the principles of cognitive behavior therapy. What I think affects what I feel, and what I feel affects the way that I behave. It's the battle of the mind, okay? So I'm learning how to take every thought captive and examine it and look to see, is this distorted thinking? Is this really true? Here's the word of God. Here's my thoughts. Do they line up? If they do not, I throw it away. I look at what the word says and I move forward. It is the most humbling experience to know that God could use my testimony as a conduit for him to bring healing and hope to others. It is an honor and it's a privilege. And right now, I would just like you to know that God is there for you and he's waiting for you to reach out to him. All you have to do is reach out to him and say, God, I need your help. And he will redeem, restore. He will do things that you can't even imagine in your life right now. The truth can hurt you, or the truth can change you. What will truth do to you? I just want to be happy. But if I keep on doing the things that keep on bringing me pain, there's no one else I can blame. If I'm not happy, wasted time, but now I can see the biggest enemy, it was me. So I'm not happy. Cry yourself to sleep. Shout and raise your hands. It won't change a thing, child, until you understand. If you're tired of being the same, if you're tired of things not changing, it's time for you to get out the way. Don't get stuck in how you feel. Say, Jesus, take the wheel. He knows the road that you need to take. But it only works if, if you want to be happy. Look at yourself and say, Don't you want to be happy? Yeah. I just want to be happy. But if I keep on giving my heart for people to tear apart, the healing will never start. So I can be happy. Yes, Lord. Will I ever be happy? Cry yourself to sleep. Shout and raise your hands. Won't change a thing, child, till you understand. If I'm talking to you, then say, If you're tired of being the same, if you're tired of things not changing, it's time for you to get out the way. You've been there too long. Don't get stuck in how you feel. Say, Jesus, take the wheel. He knows the road that you need to take. I feel this one right here. Yes. You give your heart, they push it 
good news for you. Jesus knows just how you feel. Just let him take the wheel. Hallelujah. The love you need, he already gave. But the question is, do you want to be happy? If you're tired of you, then say, I just want to be happy. Now, if you really mean that, open up your heart and say, let me hear you say, yeah, yeah. If you're tired of going in circles Let me hear you say yeah Yeah Yeah, yeah Tired of making the same mistakes Let me hear you say yeah Yeah Yeah, yeah But now's your chance Let me hear you say yeah Say yeah Yeah, yeah If you're tired of being the same If you're tired of things not changing It's time for you to get out the way Are you ready? inside of you and trust me that 99% of the time when you're being offended you're being betrayed you're being rejected it's not about you it's about what God has deposited inside of you that the enemy is trying to snuff out and so I just want to deal with that a little today because we've been talking about the greater and going to higher heights. And I'm actually going to read the, the, the last part of my notes first to make sure I get them in in case I get too long-winded. There's some things that we need to realize about the greater. If we're going to get to the greater. When are we going to get to the good part? Well, there's a process. God is a God of process. The greater is always preceded by the death of the lesser. That's the part we don't want to deal with. Because that can be really confusing because, you know, we kind of feel like if we know God, everything should always be good. You know, we should always feel good. Things should pan out really easily. And, and sometimes when things seem to get worse and worse, we get really confused. And we have questions, don't we? What did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? Where did I miss it? Did I go the wrong way? How did he let that person get in front of me? How did that happen? And the questions swirl. And that's where the enemy specializes in making us suspicious of God's intentions towards us. 
But God's intentions are always good. And no matter what plans you've made, his will will prevail over your life. Two, the greater is always preceded by upheaval or some sort of chaos that might appear to be unfortunate. Definitely, my life looked very unfortunate. But now, five years later, I'm beginning to see the purpose for a lot of the things that took place. The answers aren't always immediate, and that's why we have to know that God knows, and we have to trust his hand when we can't see. We have to trust his heart when we can't see his hand. Number three, a vacuum has to be formed to make room for the greater. You know, I always think about when I'm on the plane and um, the pilot comes on, he's so happy. He says, oh, we arrived early. Don't you love that? I never get excited because I know what's going to happen next. The gate isn't ready. We now have got a circle. We now have to hover and wait for the plane to get out of the gate to make room for us to come. Don't try to hurry the plan of God because somebody's in the gate right now and you'll just get frustrated hovering and hovering. Occupy where he's placed you until he comes to land you safely at your destination. The greater doesn't happen without separation and preparation. We don't like that part either. I'm a happy sanguine. For me, life is a continuous party. Love having people around. My house is always full, whether I like it or not. People are coming in and out. They're eating. Did you cook? Where is, what's going on around here? And it's just, you know, so when God says, come away, I have to get used to the silence. Then I learn to enjoy the silence as he begins to unpack secrets. And his presence is so sweet and so wonderful that I can get lost there. And I go, why does it take me so long to get to this place? Because we're not people who are drawn to separation or preparation. The next thing is the greater occurs when we let go of all preconceived notions and ways of doing things. You know, when Jonah was in the belly of the fish sitting there pouting, and he said these words that are so profound that have been like just a mantra for me over the years, he says, I've come to realize that those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. And I was trying to figure out what those worthless idols were. And God said, the worthless idol in most people's life, Michelle, is the way they think their life should go. And they cling to their own plan and they forfeit the grace that's present to give them something even greater than what they imagined for themselves. Can you just let go this morning of how you think your life should go? how you think your husband should behave, how you think your children should be, how you think your finances should look, how you think even your house should look or your body should look or, or just your life in general. Let it go because you are literally forfeiting the grace that is present in your life for you to enjoy where God has placed you and enlarge on that. God will use whoever is available 
for the greater. Are you available? The greater can only occur for those who are literally willing to die for it. We got to have that Esther moment. Well, if I perish, I perish. Some things you've got to go all the way out for. And it means some relationships might die in your life. Some situations might die in your life. Some associations might fall off. But you've got to stand on what you know, that you know that you know God has spoken into your heart. The greater will always be preceded by a distraction. And that distraction can come in many forms. It can come as a temptation. It can come as an offense. It can become, you know, it can come as a betrayal. It can, it can come as anger. Charlotte talked about anger, jealousy, fear. Whenever we move in any of those three things, we will always make the wrong choice. So literally, when I feel that way, I just shut down. I don't make a decision until I get past it. The greater will always require the intervention of God. He will create an atmosphere of favor for you when the time is right. The operative word there being when the time is right. The greater requires humility in order to create favor for promotion. Humility. You know, it says God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Have you ever wanted to help a proud person? You're laughing, because you know you're going like, who do they think they are? Well, let them do it themselves. Mm. If they all of that, right? But a humble person, you're willing to help because you see that they understand they need help. The greater will always involve kingdom purpose. This is so huge and so important because we live in a world of I, 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 me, me, me. I call it opera singer syndrome. Me, 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 me. Right? But we are not here for ourselves. We were created for God's pleasure. We're created to be a part of his kingdom agenda to further the kingdom of God. And so every single thing, if you could just say to yourself right now, every single thing that happens in my life, happens for the glory of God. And if I can just see my life within the bigger picture, I won't take things so personally. God uses the greater to glorify himself. Once again, it's not about you. And there will always be an antagonist in your life going against the greater in you. Now that takes me to the story of Joseph. And there's just a few things I want to highlight here because I think it's so important. You know, I never really noticed this about this story. As many times as I've read it and talked about Joseph, this really came alive when God started dealing with me about not personalizing things. Yes, we know that Joseph was his father's favorite, and we kind of always think that that was really the brother's greater problem with him. But actually, that was just a small part of the problem. The greater problem was his dream. The word literally tells us that after he told them about the dream, that they hated him even more for his dream. 
Again, what God has deposited in you is the thing that people will have a problem with. They hated him even more for his dream and for his words. You know, I wish that I was like Mary. I, I wish that I was the quiet type, that when God tells me things, I can just ponder them in my heart. But I'm the excited type. So when God shows me something, I'm like, oh, child, let me tell you what God told me. And it is an open invitation for people to be upset. It is an open invitation for you to start inviting chaos into your life. Because the moment, I really believe that conversations in heaven get us in trouble on earth. You know? I think like, you know, remember the whole conversation Satan had with God and it was like, oh, you know, he just likes you because of this and because of that. But I believe that God, you know, he has these plans. He tells us in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Well, the minute the enemy gets privy to that, he goes over my dead body. Oh no, oh hell no. And he comes after the promise too. And that's when the fun begins, right? Joseph told that dream, and oh my goodness, it was a divine setup for the chaos that followed. You see, every dream that we have is greater than we think. And I'm sure, you know, in Joseph's sweet little mind, he just thought, oh, the dream is about my brothers are finally going to like me and give me some respect. But the dream was bigger than that. It was for the saving of a nation, right? And so here we have this whole chaos that happens after he has this dream. And we know that God is the author of dreams. If you're questioning something that you've been believing for a long time simply because it hasn't happened, stop questioning. God has planted that thing in your heart. And if it keeps cropping back up in the fullness of time, it will come to pass. There's nothing you can do about it to stop it. And there's nothing you can do about it to make it happen. It's a God thing. There have been some things that have happened in my life, some things that God has spoken to me. And I'm telling you, the moment he spoke them, the complete opposite happened. And I was just like scratching my head like, really? Now I thought, now God, now we tight. And I know I know your voice. So can you just break this down for me, what just happened? What was that all about? I mean, was I off? Was it me? Is it you? Who is it? Have you ever felt that way? And then in the fullness of time, and sometimes it takes a while. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still waiting for one of these things. Like, God, uh, now you said, mm, and then that person did, mm, mm. Huh, I don't know how you're going to work this one out. Those moments when we question God and say, did I hear from you? What is this all about? God says, just keep it moving. Keep it moving. I mean, look at Joseph. Joseph tells the dream. His brothers literally pick him up and sell him into slavery. Well, they wanted to kill him at first because, you know, some dreams are so loud that they really overwhelm other people around us. And they just want to get rid of you because, as Charlotte said, it reveals something that's lacking in them. And if you think about it, the person gets on your nerves the most. I don't even have to finish the sentence, do I? 
because you're sensitive to it. It's something that's in you and you recognize it in the other person. And it's the thing that you don't like in you that you, you're still struggling to do something about and you see it in them and it just magnifies it. And you just want to get rid of them because they're the reminder. And like she said, don't try to prove yourself, improve yourself. So that's what happens when you walk with women that are in the same spirit. They preach your message before you preach your message. <laughs> know that in the spirit, your dream will die three times before it comes to pass. That's just the spiritual cycle. It comes up, it goes back down. Comes up, it goes back down. Comes up, it comes back down. Look at how many times Moses had to go to Pharaoh. God told him, You're gonna, I'm going to take you out. And it seemed like it was the opposite that happened first, right? Let my people go. No. Now, God, yeah, go back. Okay. Let my people go. Maybe I just need to say it with more authority. No. Hmm. God, really? Yeah, I'm going to harden his heart. Go back, ask him again. Let my people go. No. What is it all about, God? What was he doing? You know, there's something about you being sure that you want what God wants. Sometimes we don't really know how bad we want it till we're denied of it. And God will try your heart. He'll literally shut that thing down to say, do you really want it? Yes, God, I do. I mean, the Israelites were so, you know, they were complex people. And I shouldn't talk about them because I realize more and more I'm like them every day. You know, I'll complain about something, but I'm comfortable where I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just really want to get out of this situation. But then what happens if I get over there? There's more responsibility over there. Right? And so we're, we complain, but we're comfortable. We complain, but we're comfortable. And God literally has to create a divine discomfort to eject us out of the situation or get us fired. I remember I was at a job, and I just, I was so sick of that job. But do you think I would quit? No. I got later and later. I was so, ooh. And then God said, I'm taking you out. And I was like, really? And I went to work and I got fired. And I had to see it not as man's rejection, but God's ejection. Because he had something else he wanted to do for me. And you know how funny it was? When the woman fired me, she said, you know, I know there's so much more in you. 
that you will never do as long as you're here because you're comfortable. So I'm going to be a mommy and kick you out of the nest. And I was like, huh? That was the most gracious firing. They even pampered me on the way out, sent me to, to the spa for a day. And I mean, it was a great firing. God just wanted me out. And he knew I wouldn't take myself out. So he booted me out. So there's some folks out there. I'm telling you right now, get over it. It wasn't man's rejection. It was, it was God's ejection to get you to the greater. Truly, I say to you, except a grain goes into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. The process of fruitfulness and becoming great is dying over and over and over again to ourselves, to our agendas, to our motives, to our deep heart desires that confuse the motive of God. Amen? The greater doesn't happen without separation and preparation. Okay, they sell him into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house. Separation, preparation. What goes on in Potiphar's house? He's a slave. You know, some of you are in places where you feel like you're in the middle of very menial circumstances, but it's training ground. It's rich. Open your ears and pay attention to everything around you. It's a training ground. The function should not be confused with the future. Joseph, I'm sure, you know, they thought that the Israelites were just the scum of the earth. I'm sure they started them off cleaning latrines and, and all sorts of humbling things. And here's Joseph, who had had servants in, at home, now becomes a servant. But you know what? You can't be a leader until you learn to serve. You know, I've started this new ministry, Relevance, in, in Ghana. And I don't ask anybody there to do anything that I would not do myself. When I'm there, I'm sweeping the floor. I'm putting stuff in place. I do everything that I ask anyone else to do so that they know that no job is a menial job. No job is of low degree. It is all to the service and glory of God. Unfortunately, you know, when people don't like you, they don't help you. And that can hurt you. And that's why humility is always needed no matter what level we're on. But there he was in Potiphar's house being prepared. He was learning the language. He was learning the customs. He was learning everything about Egypt from the ground up in preparation for his future. Now what you have to know about when you find yourself in that uncomfortable place, that place where you don't want to be, that feels like bondage to you, that you can't figure the way out of, is that it is the place that God has set you in to prepare you. Will you just say, God is preparing me right now? Offense is a distraction. Don't grow better. Grow better. Isaiah 52 says, shake the dust off. Shake it off. Loose the bonds from your neck. 
arise and put on strength. Notice it didn't say God would do those things. It says that you should do those things. That you should choose to arise. That you should choose to shake it off. That you should choose to loose the bonds from your neck. That you should choose to put on strength. These are decisions that we make. You know, for a long time, I realized what a lazy person I was because my emotions had me. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. You are supposed to have emotions. Your emotions should not have you. Your emotions should not rule you. And so when I get up in the morning, if I'm feeling sad, I say, I choose joy today. I choose joy and I stand on the word of God that says he's given me joy unspeakable and full of glory. And God has said that the joy he gives me, no man can take away. I choose a confession to match my declaration. Don't allow emotions to have you. We are women. We are feely people. It's in our DNA. I just feel. But our feelings will deceive us because it says our heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? And so we can't always listen to those feelings. You know, I can't stand it when you're confronting a friend and you say, you know, this thing, this thing is just wrong. And they say, well, I just feel. What does that have to do with what God said? Your feelings will oppose what God says a lot until you come into complete submission and you get the full mind of Christ so that you love what he loves and you hate what he hates. That's where we're trying to get to. We're trying to grow up into the full stature of the maturity of Christ. And in the meantime, feelings become a distraction. You need to decide to occupy and endure the process no matter where you are. And I think that Joseph did that splendidly, so splendidly that Potiphar noticed that the Lord was with him. Is, the Lord no is anyone noticing that the Lord is with you in your situation? Now, of course, we go back to what's placed in you because Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph and Potiphar's wife also saw that there was something good in Joseph. Mmm, Joseph. You know you fine as wine. I remember walking down the street one day and this little teenage boy, I was gonna slap him. He said, ooh, mama, do fries go with that shake? But Mrs. Potiphar loved her some Joseph. She thought he was so far. She said, ooh, Joseph, come and lie with me. Which was really an appropriate use of words because intimacy without covenant is a lie. Single ladies. All the single ladies. Did you just hear what I said? Intimacy without covenant is a lie. 
Kisses are not promises. Come and lie with me. Come lie with me. Oh, and he said, no, how can I do this thing against God? And I thought it was such an admirable statement because do you stop and think in the midst of a situation that is tempting you that you know is wrong, what is your first thought? Do you think about the consequences being caught or do you think about how God feels? That was deep. I mean, he himself was really a divine setup for, you know, having a spirit of entitlement in that moment and saying, you know what? God let my brother sell me out. I'm in this situation. God has deserted me and left me, and I owe it to myself. How many times have we ever said that after feeling deprived of something for a very long time? I'm like that after a fast. I owe it to myself to have this pie right now. <laughs> I just didn't eat anything for two weeks. Oh, yes, I owe it to myself. Whatever the reason, we get this sense of entitlement when we feel like we've been deprived of something, that, you know, we've got to justify how we can fluff up our flesh. And so this was actually a divine opportunity for Joseph to say, hey, you know, I can get in good with this woman and, and live a pampered existence. I can make my life comfortable for myself. The danger of taking life into your own hands. But instead, in that moment, I'd love to know what Israel had put into him because he said, how can I do this thing against God? And he made sure that he avoided her. He set up boundaries. Can you say boundaries? If you know what your weakness is, what does a smart woman do? She sets up boundaries to protect herself. James 1 in the message says, verse 3 says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. See, in the face of temptation, that's when it shows up what you really think about God. Is he going to come through for you or not? Is he good or not? And any time that you doubt him, you're going to fall for the temptation. He says, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Endure the process. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. God wants us to be able to keep the blessing, sustain and maintain the blessing once it arrives. And you've got to go through the process in order for that to happen. I was just talking to a friend of mine who said, can you imagine that after all these years, God finally opened this door for me? And I said to him, I said, well, you know, God's been working on your character. And he had some major character issues. I said, you know, God isn't going to put a two-year-old behind the wheel of a Bentley. You'll just crash it. So if you're wondering, you say, I'm ready. I'm ready for this thing. Are you really? God knows when you're ready. In the meantime, he's going to use the pressure of life, the pressure of disappointment, the pressure of rejection, the pressure of offense, the pressure of all the things that combat what you really want to force out what's really in you so that he can skim it off the top. You know the story of the jeweler. When he's refining the gold, he puts it in the cauldron and he turns up the heat. 
And when it looks pretty and some dirt has come up to the top, he skims it off. And you go, that's good. He goes, nope, they turn up the heat a little more. Right? And some more dirt comes up. And he keeps turning it up. And, you know, anywhere along the way, you could settle for it because it looks good on the surface. But God knows what's deep down inside. And he keeps turning up the heat until all those deep, dark issues rise to the top. And he can skim them off until you become totally clear before him, totally submitted before him, so that when he looks down, he sees only the reflection of himself in your heart. I so want my heart to just look like God and not Michelle. How about you? Decide to maintain righteousness even when you feel forsaken by God. Don't give up. Well, you know what happened. Sometimes righteousness doesn't look like it pays off. He ends up in jail. She lies on him. Don't you hate it when people lie on you? It is the most helpless feeling in the world. And I have to remind myself that God will cause my righteousness to shine as the noonday sun. Not to try to defend myself, but to allow God to be my defense and to focus on the purpose for why this thing has occurred. Where is God pushing me? Where does he want me to go? What does he want to get out of this situation? How is he going to glorify himself in the midst of something that looks so ugly? Joseph sat in jail, and you know he met the cupbearer and the bread man, and, and he interprets their dream, and, and something interesting happens. He asks them as they're on their way out, and his prediction has come true. He says, please remember me, and they forgot. Another delay. And I thought, now that's really interesting. Think about it. If somebody predicted something and told you something, and it came true, wouldn't you remember that person? How could they forget? It's so odd that they would forget Wilma. Don't you think so? I mean, it came to pass just the way they said. And they forgot. It was a divine disconnect. God had a purpose because what did I say? The greater needs a vacuum. The vacuum wasn't ready yet. The Pharaoh had to be disturbed by a dream that he could not solve. The vacuum was created. And then Joseph is sprung into that situation. By then, he's mastered humility. And so it creates the atmosphere of favor for him that leads to promotion. It's very interesting that what started his problem became the key that was his promotion. Dream. He had a dream. Someone hated it, right? He solved the dream they forgot. He solved another dream and he was promoted. The greater is waiting for you, ladies. But there's a process, a process that God is trying to work out in you. It's interesting the chapter that the whole thing shifts from. Even I love the Bible because it's so tight. After all of this happens, is chapter 41, the 40 years of trial. Chapter 41, when he sprung forth into a new life. We're talking about the shift in this house. We're talking about, and I'm sure that there are things that happen that Pastor Wilma and Pastor Andre have not shared 
underground, behind the scenes, that were trials before this building went up. I'm sure there was opposition. I'm sure there are things that they had to get in their war room prayer closet about. Some things they probably couldn't even share with you that threatened this place coming up. But do you think it's over? It's just beginning. Don't relax. Because when a shift is happening and a greater space is being made for God to do greater things in your midst, there is opposition. But now you know, so you should laugh. Laugh. <laughs> Amen. When we get to the place where we can laugh at our trials because we know that God is at work. You know, when I went through my whole thing of losing everything, all my friends said, you are weird. I said, why? They said, because you're just like immovable. And I just kept saying, you know what? If all of this is happening, something really great must be getting ready to happen. I mean, I just automatically just shifted. I said, if the enemy is this mad at me and he's beating me up this bad, he knows something I don't know. And I just need to hold on till I can get to the other side of this. And so I don't really like the process of God, but I've learned to just walk it out and let it create patience in me. It says that that, um, that, that trying of my faith works experience. At some point, you have to grow up and have some experience. You've got to mature. There's a place where you come to where you, you walk out of being a girl and you come into being a woman. And a woman has experience. She can look at a younger girl and say, oh, baby, <laughs> let me tell you, that's not going to work. And calmly said, because, you know, there was a time when I'd see teenagers doing something, and I would just freak out, what are you and then, of course, they don't listen. But I've learned to just step back now in wisdom and maturity and ask questions and listen and let them feel safe and then allow the entree for me to speak into their life. You see the difference? Getting excited and not listening and just settling into the knowledge that God's got this. So all I have to do is be used as a conduit to be a provision. Amen? Hallelujah. This is a very quiet message because I just want you to know that God is at work. Whether you're a nursing mother, whether you're on the shift of a, a major career move, whether you're just getting married, whether you're a student in, in school, God has deposited something in you and it is for the greater good of the kingdom of God it is so much bigger than who you are as a person that I want to challenge you to understand it embrace it guard it and allow God to perfect it
has overcome, yes, he has overcome. We will not be shaken, we will not be moved. Jesus, you are here, yeah. Carrying our burdens, covering our shame. He has overcome, yes, he has overcome. We will not be shaken.
Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. In the name of Jesus. We have the victory. taking care of your needs and my needs so let's look up and thank god so thank you once again for choosing and tuning into into the garden wherever you are to those frontline workers we appreciate you to the home-based carers we appreciate you too and to those tuning in from prisons thank you for your support and know that you are not alone and especially to those doing prison ministries so until next time until we meet again same time same place you know where to find me but right here on into the garden of course where hearts are mended lives restored and you become a friend yes and you and I come but only give God the glory to implore. So from me, Salome Jacobs, take care. And if you're celebrating your birthday today, happy birthday to you. Perhaps you receive good news. Congratulations to you. And if there's an anniversary out there, happy anniversary to you and to yours. And remember that it's only God that knits you together. So yes, once again, thank you for sharing the podcast with friends and neighbours, wherever you are. But most of all, thank you for sharing the love. Sayonara, disvidinia, adios, dovidinia, au revoir, farewell, guli guli, adia, maya slamati, havaski, lakon, tashian, 
Salamat tinggal. Arrivederci. Yes. Take care. Be safe. I know. That the next time we meet. It will be sublime. I know that you are not alone. For you have a friend. You and I are friends of God. So blessings and success to you and yours. From Salome Jacob, saying to the garden and the Lord. So if you enjoy today's edition, please do share on your various social platforms, whoever you meet along the way. For indeed, you are a friend of God. So wherever you are around the world, you are a friend of God. I'm Angela Morris, and welcome to Into the Garden Podcast. I'm delighted to be here with you again today. It is my honor and my privilege. 
I'd like to share something I thought was a little comical. Uh, an article I read about what's the big deal about your shape. And when you think about S-H-A-P-E, you think about your body. Ladies, we think about our bodies and um, whether or not we are a uh, orange shape or apple shape or a pear shape. But that's not quite the shape that I'm talking about today. The scripture that I'd like to use is from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7. And it says, bring to me all the people who are mine, whom I made for my glory whom I formed and made. Again, what's the big deal about your shape? In the article, I think about or I read about the word shape, S-H-A-P-E. And what they simply did is they made an acrostic out of the word shape. And, And it talks about the five things that make you, you. And I said, very interesting, shape. S-H-A-P-E is the way God wired you for your life. Every area of our lives is influenced by the way we are shaped. Don't you agree? Well, let me tell you what the S-H-A-P-E stands for, and maybe you could agree with me. Your shape is made up of S, spiritual gifts. H, heart. A, abilities. P, personality, and E, experiences. These are the five things that make you who you are. Again, S, spiritual gifts. H, heart. A, abilities. And P, personality. And E, experiences. Did you know that no one else has your particular combination of gifts, talents, and, you know, passions? No one's quite like you. Why do you think you have your particular makeup? Or why do I think I have my particular makeup? Because God gave it to me for his glory. Or he gave it to you for his glory. If all Christians like to do the same things and we're good at the same things, we will accomplish a whole lot less for the kingdom of God. Agreed? So, God made you, God made me unique. And there's nobody else like moi, like me. There's no one else like you. Your shape is yours alone. Now, why does that matter? Your S-H-A-P-E, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences. Well, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why shape matters. You see, your shape reveals God's purpose for you. Okay? You find out what God wants you to do with your life by discovering how he shaped you. But here's the thing. God won't force you to do his plan. You can waste your life. You can use it on all kinds of stuff, personal, self-centered things, and end up totally missing God's purpose for you. In fact, a lot of people do. And that's sad. That's really a tragedy. And it's also why so many people so many people are just so, so frustrated. They're trying to be something somebody else wants them to be rather than what God wants them to be. 
Agreed? Do you know people like that? Maybe even you yourself. We're trying to do everything for everybody. You know, wanting to be this thing, that thing. But what about what God has called you to do? So you see, your shape reveals God's purpose for you. Your shape also equips you to serve God. Now, God has a life mission for you that nobody else on this earth can fulfill or can do. Maybe you've missed that mission and maybe you've missed serving God. But guess what? You can start today and make the rest of your life the best of your life. God will never ask you to do anything in life that he hasn't already given you the ability to do. I think about when I was a classroom teacher and when I started out, you know, I'm working with a a group of children. I mean, I'm I'm in kindergarten. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm in first grade. So my kids are are six years old. So that they were my audience. But when it was time for the parents to come in, I had to speak with the parents. Oh my gosh, my heart was keep a beat. My hands were sweating. My anxiety was through the roof because now I'm gone. I've gone from speaking to children to speaking to parents. Well, I want you to know Being in that particular profession, I was in that profession for 32 years. And being a classroom teacher propelled me. When I say propelled me into my destiny and what God needed me to do, because today I am now a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm now able to minister in front of large groups of people where before I am so nervous, I can barely think, I can barely talk. Not saying when I have to speak now that I'm not nervous, but I solely reply, you know, rely on the Lord Jesus. So you see, your shape equips you to serve God. Hallelujah. Your shape also prepares you for a life in heaven. Not just this life here, but there's a life after here. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus This life that we now live is preparation for the next life in heaven. God says, this is a test. I'm testing you to see what you will do with what you've been given on earth. Based on that, I will determine what I give you to do in heaven for for an eternity. Can you imagine that? I am in preparation for my duties in heaven. Hallelujah. So you see, Your shape prepares you for a life in heaven. What you do here will count. Glory to God. Your shape also shows God's glory. When you use your shape and do what God made you to do, it not only feels good, but it also makes God smile. We are only fully alive when we live connected to God and according to the way he created us. You know what makes God smile? When he looks down and he sees you and he sees me using the talents that he gave us for his glory. What's most important to me is that God is glorified. Whenever I'm preparing to minister before God's people, I tell him, I can't do this without you. And number one, you must be glorified. You must get all of the glory. Isaiah 43, I read the scripture at the very beginning. Bring to me all the people who are mine, whom I made for my glory, whom I formed and made. God made you to enjoy you. So 
the next time you're wondering why you are the way you are, remember that God gave you your particular shape. God gave you your spiritual gifts. He gave you gave you the heart that you have. He gave you the abilities that you have. He gave you the personality that you have. And he has given you e-experiences, life experiences. So take time to discover and live in your shape. You see, your shape will help you understand God's purpose for you, serve God effectively, and prepare for life in heaven and show God's glory. So I ask you again, what's the big deal about your shape? What's the big deal about your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personalities, and your experiences? The big deal is these are the five things that make you who you are. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness And I thank you for your mercy. God, I thank you for my unique shape. I thank you for my spiritual gifts, the heart that you've given me, Father, the abilities, my personality, and the experiences that I have had and that I've been able to share. I thank you, Father. And even now, Father, as the ladies are listening, God, I pray, Jesus, that you bring about a uniqueness in them because we were all created for your glory and so i ask even now father that you would touch them feel them give them a fresh feeling of the holy ghost help them to understand and realize that you and only you you and only you you and only you it is because of you and only you and i thank you and i praise you father in jesus name Amen. Thank you again for joining us for Into the Garden podcast. God bless you.